It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing good. What's going on? Well, we got the big uniform reveal. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the event. We'll talk a little bit about the uniforms, kind of our initial impressions of them. Um, and then we've got a couple of free agent visits to get to and then some talk about Taylor Lewan's contract, the talks or lack thereof. So before we do all that, remind you that we cover the Titans for SB Nation, com. Check us out there. On Twitter, I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry is at tlambertfb. You follow the podcast account at Locked On Titans. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. So check us out all those places. Um, all right, so big event tonight downtown Nashville. Uh, the Titans unveiled their new uniforms. Uh, you know, it lost a little bit of its uh, luster or whatever with the uniform that, that, with the jersey that was leaked over the weekend. Turned out that that was the actual jersey that was leaked so you know it it's kind of sucks that they got as far as they did and, and didn't make it all the way to the event without that getting out there but um still was a really cool event uh that they're estimating 15 to twenty thousand people were in downtown nashville to see a jersey reveal which is really cool and, and in my opinion shows you that this city is still behind this team and all they need to do is win some football games and it'll be close to the level that it was when the titans first came here in the late 90s, early 2000s. So that was that was exciting to see. That was encouraging. It was cool to see the guys that were at the initial uniform uh, unveiling back, you know, in the in the late 90s. Uh, Craig Hendrick, Eddie George, Frank Wycheck, Blaine Bishop. Cool to see those guys come out with their old jerseys on. And after everybody came out with the new jerseys on, they took off the old jersey and they had a new one uh, on under. So all that kind of stuff was cool. Um, and just Mike, John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, Mike Keith. I mean, it, it was a good event that they put on. So that was that was neat. Um, the actual uniforms it's themselves, Terry, I'll, I'll let you give kind of your first impression of them. Uh, I liked them more than I thought I would. You know, when the picture leaked, I, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, I still don't like the font. There's something about the font, and, and yeah, I think it's just the numbers are too thin. Uh, so maybe, maybe the font's okay. I, I just think the numbers are too thin. It just Something looks a little off to me. Um, everything else is great. Uh, I re- really like the navy uh, with, with the silver look. Uh, I was a little concerned about the sword, uh, the two-tone gray on the shoulder, uh, but it doesn't really stand out. It's just more of a cool accent. Uh, the helmet is awesome. Helmet is my favorite part. Uh, you've got that silver face mask that really makes it pop. Just felt like you know Titans needed to go another direction, go away from the white helmet kind of look cheap this looks more i don't even know the right word for it but it it looks awesome that's my favorite part of it uh i was a little let down by the light blue uh light blue jersey and i i just i I don't know i'm not a big fan of the color rush you know the the all one color there needs to be some contrast there so so they maybe that's my issue uh but overall uh i'm i'm pretty happy with it I, i just thought the the numbers could have been a little bit thicker uh, maybe popped off the jersey a little more. Yeah, I mean that, that's me too. I just when you see like the seventy-seven on Taylor Lewan, it just looks kind of funny. The numbers don't look like they're big enough. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I'm fine with the eight. 
um, you know, some of the other just random numbers don't look as bad. But when you've got them on a guy like Taylor, a big guy like that, it just makes the 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 font that's obviously skinnier there. Uh, it, it makes it look even more, even smaller, I guess, uh, when you've got it on a, on a guy like that. You know, if you notice the numbers, they have the, you know, that paying homage to the state of Tennessee. Each number has that, you know, the northeast tip um, on it. So, uh, I mean, that, that, that kind of stuff is, I, I think, is neat um, just from the standpoint of it's, it makes it unique to this team, you know, to the in, in this city. And, and they needed an update. I mean, they've had the same number or the same uniform since they came here. And, you know, um, I heard a lot of talk this week about that and about, you know, consistency in uniforms because, you know, the Jaguars are changing theirs again, uh, and they just changed them five years ago. And that, like the NFL minimum time you have to wait is five years before you can before you can change. So you don't want to be that team that's changing them all the time. If you're a team like the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know those iconic teams um, that have won as much as those guys have. You, you know they, they keep their uniforms the same. Nobody complains because you, that that's what you associate with with those franchises with winning and all that kind of stuff. The Titans don't have that kind of history yet. Um, and, and so it was. It was cool to see this. And again, like if you've been here through the whole thing, um, from when they came to now, um, the, the, obviously you know the team hasn't been very good on the field for the last decade. For you know the majority of the time, um, and, and so they needed something, just something new, something fresh to get people excited about the team again. Um, coming off of you know a couple of successful seasons. But again, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before we came on. With Mike Malarkey, you just didn't have that same buzz. It wouldn't have been – I don't feel like this event would have had the same buzz if you still had, if you still had Mike Malarkey as the coach versus what it is with Mike Vrabel and the new look and all, and all that kind of stuff. So really fun, and, and now you just hope that they will go out there in the fall and put a quality product on the field, can win games, get back to the playoffs, because that's where, you know, obviously the real hype – will build and that's where you'll really see the city really come back around this team again because you know i mean it's been a running joke for the last few years about when they play away teams you know those fans kind of take over the stadium and look you understand it national's a cool city Uh, everybody wants to come here Titans haven't been very good so you know you get that but when when they first came here in the late 90s it was was hard to get a ticket i mean those days that you know the single game tickets went on sale they, they sold out in less than an hour um, and now, obviously, you know, there there's tickets available up into, you know, the day of the game. So um, hopefully now that we have this hype and, and this, you know, another offseason with some exciting acquisitions, hopefully you get a good draft, you know, that all that excitement builds. But it, it only, only you're going to really get the city around the team is to win games. I think that was the story of the night, and I didn't expect it to be uh, the story of the night. It was just the crowd, the atmosphere around uh, th- this unveiling, you know, you looked at the picture, and I would have guessed there was fifty thousand people there. And, and you know, there, there just looks like so many people uh, for a uniform unveiling. It's just kind of crazy. Uh, and, and you know, we've seen we've seen what Nashville can do uh, with the Predators in the playoffs, and we haven't seen the Titans at that level. Uh, and, and it's really it, it's kind of funny because the you know they were at that level last year. Uh, I just kind of think the fans were were a little bit smarter than that. I, I mean, they just knew uh, this upside of this team was capped with Mike Malarkey. So, uh, really, hats off to Amy and, and John to for making this move, uh, for realizing, hey, this 
this probably isn't going to go any further than what we've done already. So, uh, yeah, that was the story of the night. The the fan turnout uh, on Broadway Broadway was awesome. Uh, and, and, you know, we didn't see, going back to the jerseys, we didn't see some of the rumors that, that we had heard about. You know, we heard uh, there's going to be red in the jersey. The only thing red on the jersey is the Nike logo. Uh, you know, we had heard there was going to be stars on the on the helmet. There's no stars. There's a there's a sword uh, going down the middle, and that's going to serve as the stripe. Uh, we had white jerseys. You know, the the big rumor was there was going to be some sort of gray jersey instead of the white. Uh, now there's white jerseys, uh, and the thing about the white jersey is they've they've got the gray on top of the shoulder pads. Uh, so I'm not not crazy about that. I don't think it really pops. I would like to see some navy on top of the uh, of the shoulder pads, but you know it, it's a little nitpicky stuff that we're all going to have a different differing opinion on. But uh, again, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with the look. I, I think the numbers are going to grow on people. Uh, I, I know it's already grown on me. You know, we, we saw it on Saturday, so it's already grown on me. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like the look. They needed a facelift, and they certainly got one. Yeah. Now, to be fair, we have seen uh, the Titans at that level. You were just like four years old, so you don't you don't remember it. But um, yeah, you know, just like I'm young, man. <laughs> ninety-nine, two thousand. <laughs> like it was, it, it was, it was. You know, the hype was there, and that's yeah. what's been so hard to see is, is to see how much just dwindled over over this over this. You know, I mean, it's been a decade plus since they were, you know, consistently good. Um, but now we're coming off of two nine seven year so again hopefully that happens and that's the thing you know all this stuff is fun to talk about and and you know we'll spend the, the next little bit breaking down these uniforms and, and talking about all this stuff and people will go back and forth about whether they like them or whether they don't but that's part of it creates a buzz um all that's good but you know like i said ultimately winning games is is what's going to bring the city back to this team um and and i, I mean i think we're going to get there but hopefully that's what we'll continue to see as we move along all right so that'll really do it for uniform talk tonight uh if you haven't seen them it's kind of hard to describe the uh, uniform on a podcast but museummiracles.com we got a couple posts up with pictures and all that kind of stuff so you can see all that stuff and again really cool event uh you know kudos to the titans for 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 doing that because for a long time the titans just kind of they were so good when they got here that their marketing was easy. They didn't have to do a whole lot. The team was really good. They had stars. They did, everybody loved them in the community. So they, they, they didn't have to do much to, to get people excited about this team. And I think for a few years, it was kind of like they were still expecting that hype to still be there without putting in the effort. And, you know, you, you kind of saw it fall off. Now, I think they understand now, though, that they got to get back out in the community and, and do these type of things to get people excited. Put on a great event. You know, again, my biggest knock on the whole thing is I don't, I don't know how you can't get somebody better than Florida Georgia line being here, <laughs> but hey, whatever. Um, you know, that, that's that's whatever it is. So anyway, all right. So coming up, we're going to talk about a couple of visits the Titans have lined up and a little bit of talk about a Taylor Lewan contract extension. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger 
a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so uh, Field Yates today tweeted out that the Titans had 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 completed a visit with Benny Logan, uh, who was with the Kansas City Chiefs for the last couple of years. Uh, a guy that would come in and play nose tackle. Um, I said in my post on the, on MusicalMiracles.com about him that I got from you know Joel Thorman, who runs ArrowheadPride.com, the Chiefs SB Nation site. Basically, he's a run stuffer, and that's it. But you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, what, with what the Titans have currently, their roster, they have a hole at interior defensive line and if they were going to bring in a guy obviously not in Dominican Sue's not coming here so a guy like Benny Logan who's going to play on first and second down or rundowns I mean that that's the that's the type of guy they need at this point yeah it's interesting that you haven't heard of Hankins name uh at all you know that was a guy that we immediately connected uh to the Titans just because of you know their obvious need for a def- defensive line help uh also the Ohio State ties so uh, all quiet there, but yeah, Benny Logan, uh, probably your next best option there uh, on this, what, third or fourth round of, of free agency now. So, uh, and, and that's the thing, the Titans can not add anyone uh, on the defensive line and be fine. I think it's just depth that they need at this point. Uh, don't really know what you've got in Austin Johnson. I think he's an, he's an okay player. Uh, but again, it's a spot where you can get better. Uh, and it's one of the few spots where I could see the Titans upgrading and kind of surprising us on draft day. You know, we've talked about pass rushers so much. We've talked about inside linebackers so much. Uh, Defensive line is kind of uh, just leaning around in my head. I I could totally see that happening if the board doesn't fall uh, the way that John Robinson needs to take a pass rusher there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you know, anything that any any guy that comes to visit to this point is not going to, you know, be a, a a name that's really going to move the needle very much because we're in that we're just in that in that time in free agency. So the other the other note from today was that Michael Campanaro, um, who was with the Ravens, is also I guess sets it uh, the Titans tomorrow. And you know, I, I, not not going to give you much as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, has been a kick returner, but you know they, the Titans seem pretty set as far as that's concerned. So you know, I don't know if we're just if they're in a in, in a spot where they're just you know any guy that's out there that they think could come in and help in any specific thing, special teams, whatever it may be. You bring that guy in, you give him a look. Uh, you know, I would think a guy like Jordan Matthews, you would you would rather have him. And Campanero, I mean, just you know, from a talent ability standpoint, but maybe like I said, there's a special teams role or something that they feel like Campanero Campanaro could feel. I don't even know how to say his name. Yeah, I I remember him. I think he went to Wake Forest. I remember him coming out. Uh, he did some things out of the slot, so it's, maybe he's not a, a total zero uh, like Eric Williams was at, at receiver. Although you know, the Titans manufactured touches for Eric. Get him his touches, man. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see them add a couple veterans. I just don't think you can go into the season so young at receiver. 
And then you've got, of course, the the McShay and Kuiper mock, and I think it was McShay had them taking Cortland Sutton in the second. That would just mean four inexperienced receivers uh, paired with Rashard Matthews, and that just I, I don't know. It seems odd to me. Uh, I, I'm not sure any other team has done it that way. They've they've spent so much at the receiver position. They still kind of have a need because nobody's really proven yet. So kind of a weird situation. But yeah, you know, I, I mentioned Jordan Matthews about a month ago. He just makes so much sense. And, and look, he's not a guy that's going to come in and and you know light the league on fire. But he's a cheaper guy, I think, uh, that's going to come in and he's done all this before. Uh, he, he's been around the block once or twice. So if Taewon Taylor isn't ready to make that next step into full-time slot, uh, Jordan Matthews is a guy that can kind of bridge that gap. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Kevin, are you right? He, he did go to Wake Forest, was a seventh-round pick for the Ravens back in 2014. So, I mean, you know, he's a guy that's stuck. You don't see seventh-round picks hang around that that, that often. Um, so yeah, good to see him there. And like you said, I mean, it, there's there's no experience in the position. We we feel good about um, you know what they have there now as far as talent is concerned. But like outside of Richard Matthews, I mean, you're, you're I guess your next most experienced guy is probably Taze Sharp, and he's a guy that's entering that's his crazy. third year. Yeah, but missed the missed this entire second year, but you know played a lot in his rookie season. Um, probably played more in his rookie season than Taylor and uh, and Corey Davis did. Corey Davis obviously because of the injuries. So yeah, they they need a, they need a veteran guy there. So I mean, I would expect to see them sign that. And again, yeah, like you said, if it is Jordan Matthews, you don't expect him to come in here and catch even seventy five passes or whatever. But I think he would be an upgrade over what Eric Decker was last year. So if you need a guy similar to to fill a similar role. Um, I, I think Matthews would be would be a good fit there. Uh, you mentioned the McShay and Kuiper thing. I mean, hey, kudos to Todd McShay for not picking a tight end for the Titans in this <laughs> mock draft. So that was really good to see him actually, you know, like look at the Titans roster and realize where they are. I know both of those guys. Going. Yeah, and just real quick on that, both of those guys have had the Titans taking Harold Landry in the first round. And, you know, we talked with Ledyard last night about Harold Landry. We, we've talked about this, I mean, this whole time. And I just I, – I still have a hard time believing that Harold Landry is going to last 25. Maybe I'm wrong. But, I, I mean, I just it, – it seem, this seems to me to be one of those times where the, the people that cover the draft – like the McShays and the Kuipers and those kind of stuff are not going to be lined up with with how NFL talent evaluators feel, and I just I I, I don't see any way it happens. Now look, I'll be thrilled if it does if the Titans can sit there twenty five and, and and get that guy, but I just I just, I really just don't see it happening. I've got a theory on this. Uh, Landry's a guy that's dealt with with injuries. He saw the production fall off. Uh, so you know NFL teams obviously Kuiper McShay are plugged into the league. They're they're being fed this information. They spit it out uh, in these mock drafts. So I, I just think that the NFL teams are telling Kuiper and McShay, "Hey, this guy's hurt. We're not too confident in him." And then you know it, it's of course lying season. You, you know we're we're what three weeks out. So this is the peak of lying season. So it, the whole thing is just so similar to Vic Beasley, who ended up being a top ten pick. And just days before, uh, they went on ESPN and did their live mock draft like they do every year. And he went at, like, pick 37. 
and dude goes in the top ten. So I, I just think there's some some misinformation out there, uh, intentionally put out there by the NFL uh, and, and these talent evaluators to kind of spin the narrative and, and, and try to push him on down the board. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, I, I just I know he lacks some size, but everything else about him is just – he's got these elite traits to him. I just – the pass rushers do not fall to pick 25. And, you know, if he does, uh, that's going to raise – honestly, raise a red red flag to me, uh, maybe medically. So, I, I don't know. I, I think he – I'm not sure he gets out of the top 15 still. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, obviously, we'll wait and see. But um... – you know, and and these obviously mock drafts are not worth the you know the the time we spend on them, but they are they are fun to look at. Like you said, those, those guys do get information now. You know, and I haven't put this disclaimer out this year, I don't think. But you know, the, w- once you get within a month of the draft, it, you cannot believe anything you hear. You have to take everything you hear with a grain of salt because, like you said, teams are just tr- just trying to get stuff out there to float it out there, whether they want to got a fall or you know whatever it may be. So um, you know when those guys are hearing things that they're probably not always getting getting told the truth just to kind of see what how it can benefit the team that's giving them that information. All right, so lastly tonight, uh, there was a couple of reporters I think talked to Taylor Lewan after the event tonight, and he said that there had there have been no talks about a contract extension to this point. Um, I, I don't I don't I'm, that doesn't really surprise me all that much. Um, I mean, on one hand, it, it, it does a little bit, but on the other hand, you know, the Titans have have had other priorities that they need to take care of before they get to Lawan. He, he's right now he has a contract for 2018. He's got his fifth year option. Um, you know, worst case scenario, they could franchise him if they want or they, if they wanted to after that, whatever. But um, you know, so it, it's not like something that they have to get done in, in short order. It's something they're going to get done. He, he's going to get a contract. He's going to be the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. But did it mean anything to you tonight to hear that, that there have been no talks? Nothing at all. And I, I thought, you know, the, the quote from Jason Wolf was from Will on was whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I, I'm sure he, he wants to get paid. Who doesn't want to get paid? Uh, so maybe he's, he's trying to use that language to, to kind of jumpstart things. But it's going to get done. I, I, I'm not worried at all. Lawan is the heart and soul of this team. He's the cornerstone of of this franchise. Uh, so it's going to happen. Matter of time. I'm not worried at all. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you have a, a franchise left tackle, you don't let him walk. Um, so obviously, and, and a guy that you know, there were some. I guess I don't. I don't know what the right red flags, character red flag type things when he came out, but has been nothing but great here. Um, obviously, great work, all that. Thing. I mean, you hear all that stuff about him. So, yeah, they're, they're going to lock him up. That, that's not going to be an issue. So, anyway, all right. So that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll have a, a, another draft guy or two on to talk about uh, defensive players. I, mean, I think that's really what we're going to focus on. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I just I don't see hardly. There, it's it's hard for me to find a scenario where the Titans don't take a, a defensive player in the first round, probably maybe in the first two or three rounds. So um, we'll we'll kind of zone in on some of that stuff, whether it be edge rushers like we talked about last night with John Ledyard. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. Uh, a lot of good information from him. Interior defensive lineman, I wouldn't expect that in the first round, um, but you could see it in the second or third. 
you know, inside linebacker, all, all those things that we've kind of talked about. So uh, we'll have some guys on next week to talk about that. In the meantime, check out BCMiracles.com. We'll have plenty of updates with all this stuff, and we'll get more news about draft visits and all that kind of stuff coming in over the next few weeks. So we'll have all that stuff listed there between podcasts, so check it out. Again, you can follow us on Twitter, Matt J. Morris, MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. Podcast at Locked On Titans. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.